Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, it's Mark K from The Mark K Show. You hear me every day at 11 a.m. on News 104.5 WOKV. First of all, thanks for listening to The Mark K Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes or Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. A new breed of talk. You can't stop Donald Trump by yelling and screaming. His voice is your voice. Cindy from Jacksonville. Good morning and thanks for calling the Mark K Show. David joins us from Ponte Vedra. Claudia in St. Augustine. This is the Mark K Show. I am very excited about uh, Governor Scott running for Senate uh, against Bill Nelson. It'll be really exciting. It's going to be a great race. Uh, I hope he wins because it'll be nice to have a Republican senator uh, from Florida for a change. <laughs> no, no, even though well, no, whatever. Uh, listen, it's going to be an expensive race, they're saying. Uh, I'm not really sure why, but he's a billionaire, I think, so he can afford it. Um, also, man, I'll tell you what. There's nobody. We were talking about this in the newsroom just a minute ago because there's nobody probably more qualified to represent the people of Florida in the Senate uh, going into the next year. You've got this guy's been governor twice, you know, business owner here in Florida. He's been through every major uh, disaster we've had in the past couple of years, shootings. He's helped, you know, uh, create legislation that has had national repercussions. And and Florida is, is a microcosm of the United States of America. The only issue that stands in his way, as people say, is when he gets up and starts talking to people, uh, is he going to scare them? Because a lot of people think he, you know, he looks like a skeleton. Uh, and, and, you know, and people vote that way. That's the thing. A lot of people vote that way. A lot of people voted for Marco Rubio because he was good looking, you know, good looking Latino guy. That's why my wife voted for him, uh, you know, but that and this, you know, this is where Rick Scott is, is is pale and bald and tall and, you know, it has this awkward smile. And the, I have a picture of him uh, that we took last time he was here and they were like, smile. And he supposedly was smiling, but it just it just doesn't come across. Um, so hopefully the messaging, hopefully everything else uh, that he stands for will, because, again, I, a great guy and I would love to have him. I would love to have him win that race. Uh, what's up, everybody? It's Mark K. Hope you had a great weekend. Now, programming note. About the show today, uh, apparently we're going to get preempted. There was a uh, there was a memo, memorandum or memo or whatever email really is what it was uh, that came out about Don, uh, Donald Trump. President Trump is holding a cabinet meeting, and as he's prone to do, as he loves to do, he's blowing open the doors to the cabinet meeting and letting all the cameras in. And he's like, he's like, come on in, ask some questions. It's going to be one of those public forum type meetings where everyone's going to get to see what's going on, at least for a little while. And that is scheduled to start at approximately 1130. Now, we know it won't happen earlier. It may happen way later. Uh, you know, it doesn't. But it, it's Monday. You know how people like start dragging their butts. It takes them a little while to get back in the swing of things. So we'll see what happens. But just in case you, uh, you know, in case you go away to the bathroom and you come back and it's not me, it's President Trump. That's exactly what's uh, what's happening. Jamie Dupree saying there there may be, even be some big announcements. Uh, you know, we had some some action in Syria over the weekend and, uh, you know, stuff with the uh, the economy and, and whatever else is going on. The Dow, it's so funny, though, because we have a little Dow counter here in the studio and I'm watching it and it's going up and up and up. It's up 230 points already. It fluctuates, goes down, it goes up. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to watch this thing when the president starts answering questions about tariffs 
and I'm going to see if the if the arrow turns around and the numbers just start to go start to start to go back the other way because I guarantee uh, that I guarantee that may happen. All right, before we get interrupted by the president, I want to talk about something that happened this weekend, and there was a lot of it. It was a lot of we were overrun this weekend by uh, just I mean just like an influx of stupidity. Stupid, stupid. Yeah, and most of it happened on social media, although some of it happened on traditional media, too. But uh, if you if you were off Facebook this weekend, you know, maybe you're freaked out about them sharing your personal info, whatever. Maybe you just decided to jump off of everything. You missed a lot of public feuding and you missed a lot of stuff that was going on um, with not so much social media, but social uproar. Which is what I think we should just change it to, because every time I go on one of these outlets, it's somebody complaining about something somebody else did or said. Mostly the president. I mean, I mean, being complained about. Well, actually, that's not true. He also complains a lot as well. Uh, but one of the biggest feuds over the weekend was Jimmy Kimmel and our own Sean Hannity. And this started last week, but it really, it really blew up like Friday night. I want to say Friday into Saturday. And it ended with Jimmy Kimmel having to issue an apology. Uh, the gist of it was that Jimmy Kimmel on his late night talk show, which nobody watches, made fun of Melania Trump and her accent. Uh, he made some joke. I even forget what it was. But Sean Hannity wouldn't let it go. Sean Hannity got on his show. You probably heard him. If you listen to Hannity, I think he's three o'clock. Right? Yeah. Uh, then you probably heard him. Probably heard him play the clip. Talk about how inappropriate it was. Talk about how you can't embrace the Me Too movement and then make fun of foreigners and women and yada, yada, yada. And they went back and forth. And it was just two dudes with big, powerful pal- uh, platforms bickering about their difference of opinion until – until Jimmy Kimmel made a very uh, inappropriate joke about Sean Hannity and Donald Trump and basically homosexual positions is all. That's where I'll leave. That's where I'll leave it. And at that point, at that point, a ton of Jimmy Kimmel's LGBT followers and fans literally, I mean, just turned on him. And they started ripping him a new one. They were like, oh, great. Uh, you know, it's if you want to argue with Sean Hannity, go ahead. But now you're using my entire lifestyle as a punchline. And everyone else was saying this was fun until you started making fun of every one of your gay fans and so on and so forth. So, you know, it got to the point over the weekend where Jimmy Kimmel was not only getting uh, getting it you know, handed to him by Sean Hannity. And having his past dredged up and put on display for the entire world to see how hypocritical he is. But then he was getting his own followers annoyed at the jokes he was making at their expense to fire back at Hannity. So it ended with Jimmy Kimmel kind of making an apology. Wasn't really an apology, but it was kind of an apology. And Sean Hannity has vowed uh, today on his show to uh, to to answer that apparently it, it's it really interesting because he got a news update and Sean Hannity tweeted a photo of a news update he got on his phone from like I want to say it was from TMZ or something and it said Kimmel apologizes to Hannity. Imagine being in an argument with somebody and you get a news alert on your phone that says they've apologized to you. That's only only when you're Sean Hannity does that kind of thing happen. So uh, he said, look, I was at a, I was at something for my daughter, some kind of recital or something. I'll get to this. I'll get to this later on and, and I'll respond uh, today on the show. So that's something you can look forward to listening to. But that wasn't the only feud. Tony Robbins. I don't know if you guys know Tony Robbins. He's the uh, empower the giant within or ultimate unleashing of the giant in the 
inside. Oh, he's a big motivational speaker. And by big, I mean huge. He's like seven feet tall, this guy. And he does, goes around the world and he talks to leaders and apparently every president and, well, not just the Democratic ones, not the Republican ones, uh, and the Dalai Lama and everybody and industry leaders, captains of industry, they have Tony Robbins on speed dial. They pay millions of dollars for the opportunity to text Tony Robbins when they need advice. And he brings them all to Fiji once a year and they walk over hot coals because Tony Robbins – Tony Robbins basically says, if you empower the giant within and you unleash the 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 energy inside, well, I don't forget what it is, but you can walk over hot coals and not be burned. And almost everyone who's attempted it has successfully done that, except for one woman who I think sued him because she got uh, badly she got badly injured. Anyway, so he was at this, this this huge event in San Jose, and he's talking about the Me Too movement, hashtag Me Too. And he's talking about how these women are victims, or are, are victimizing themselves, rather, and how they're using this victimization, um, you know, in the wrong way, and they're defeating themselves. And by claiming that you're a victim and that someone else has power over you, you will never have power over yourself. And another woman who uh, was just an attendee there, and I'm assuming one that paid hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to attend, stood up to Tony Robbins and said, excuse me, you're really misunderstanding what this whole Me Too movement is all about. And they started to have a back and forth. And Tony Robbins came up with these, you know, just more insulting insinuations. And he told this really, really this story that probably should have been not told in front of thousands of people, some of whom were videotaping it. Anyway, it got out and it ended with Tony Robbins having to apologize once again to this woman who uh, who was at his who was at his, uh, you know, event and, and called him out on his stance on Me Too. So this is what was happening over the weekend on social media, which, again, really should be called social uproar. Because the thing that I've noticed about social media is if you really want to get famous on social media, there's two ways to do it. The first way is to say something stupid. Say something stupid. And the second way is to find somebody who said something stupid and call them out on it. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Because that's exactly how you're going to get notoriety. That's exactly how you're going to get notoriety. Either you get on Twitter or you get on Facebook or you get on Instagram or whichever one you pick. Don't get on Snapchat because that disappears and no one's going to know. But get on any of these platforms and say something really stupid. Do something really stupid. Be stupid. Then, if you want to get famous and you don't want to do something stupid, just call that person out. Both of you will get the notoriety and the fame and the claim, and you'll have uh, you know you'll have your image heightened, and you'll be reported on uh, on TMZ when you finally you know one of you is going to have to apologize. That always happens. There's always an apology somewhere. Somewhere someone has to remember Joy Behar and Mike Pence when Joy Behar uh, referred to his religion as as a mental illness. She basically called Christianity a mental illness and said that the vice president was suffering from it. That was stupid. That was stupid. But she got all kinds of press from it. And it was reported everywhere. And this weekend when there was a fire at Trump Tower, she somebody faked that uh, she said something about she'd wish Donald Trump would die in it. There was a fatal fire at Trump Tower. There was a tweet going around from Joy Behar that she wished Donald Trump would die in the fire. Turns out... It was a fake. It was spoiler alert. It was not her that tweeted it. But because of what happened just a couple months ago, everybody believed it. It was almost harder to not believe she tweeted that than to believe that she didn't. And it all comes down to one thing, stupidity, which I'll explain to you in a minute 
is everybody's constitutional right. It's the le- it's the lesser known right in the Bill of Rights. You have to look. You know what? I'll I'll show you exactly where it is in just a minute. Three four zero one zero four five. This is the Mark K Show on News one zero four five WOKV. We'll be right back. Listen to the Mark K Show on your Amazon Echo or Google Home. Tell your smart speaker to play News one zero four five WOKV. Why did my guidance counselor tell me that was a thing? This is the Mark K Show. Spoiler alert on News one zero four five WOKV. This is the Mark K Show, and my name is Mark K. Thank you so, thank you so much for joining me. I uh, sorry, I was just reading some of the, uh, I was just reading some of the headlines on uh, on the Drudge Report. One of them is Twitter CEO endorses call for civil war against Republicans. That's exciting. I think that's why it's Captain America against. Um, Against, uh, you know, Paul Ryan, that kind of thing. Anyway, 340-1045 is the number. And I want, before the president, uh, you know, rudely interrupts the program, which, you know, it's his right to do. He's got this cabinet meeting that he's going to open up to the, to the media. He's going to, you know, show everyone kind of what goes on inside. And I think, I know why he does it. People always say, you know, what? This is crazy. Why is Trump doing it? It's because he wants everyone to behave themselves. And, you know, he, if, if they're all sitting behind closed doors, then people aren't going to pay attention and they're going to yell and scream and whatever. But, However, if he uh, if he goes in there and he says, hey, uh, here's the deal. I want you to uh, I want you to know that there's going to be cameras on you. Then everyone's going to smile and laugh and they're going to get along and things are going to go a lot, uh, a lot. It's true. If you ever have a problem with somebody, just throw a camera on them and uh, and probably they'll uh, they'll act accordingly. Anyway, let's get back to this whole right to be stupid, because I promise I would talk to you about this. And here's the thing about here's the thing about the right to be stupid. It's in the Constitution. It's not spelled out. But you kind of have to look between the lines. And a lot of people don't realize it. Uh, when they, when they wrote the Constitution, when the framers put it together and they, and they got in there, the first thing they did was they guaranteed the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, freedom to peaceably assemble. Basically, they gave a lot of freedoms to a lot of people who weren't really sure what to do with them. You know, we can say, we can think, we can print, we can worship whatever we want to do. Okay. Or, I mean, you want to worship a turnip? By all means, you can worship a turnip. You can worship your dog. You can worship your neighbor's dog. You can worship a tree. You can choose to worship nothing at all. Most of us just worship ourselves. Uh, but, you know, that's our freedom, and that's our right as guaranteed by the Constitution. Now, when you tell everybody you can say whatever you want to say without repercussions because you are free to do so, you are guaranteeing them the freedom to be stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. That's exactly right. That's exactly what that means. You are guaranteeing people the right to be stupid. When you grant common, everyday, ordinary, uneducated people the ability to think, speak, and write whatever they want, you're also guaranteeing them the right to think, speak, and write really dumb stuff. And the same rights that allowed Martin Luther King Jr. to march for, for equality 50 years ago allowed Jimmy Kimmel to make gay slurs about the president of the United States and Sean Hannity on Twitter. It's the same exact thing. It's the same right. The same rights that allow Chuck Schumer to call President Trump a bully and uh, Hillary Clinton to refer to half the country as deplorables. Those are all the same rights that allow us to speak up and say whatever we want. It's the right to freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, freedom to be stupid. You know, and, and it happens every single day with Joy Behar, with Tony Robbins, with every pretty much everything Lena Dunham ever says. And of all the rights, of all the rights that are both stated in the Bill of Rights and also the implied rights that we as Americans hold dear, the right to be stupid is clearly 
the most popular and the most exercised, especially in Hollywood. And that's something that we continue to see each and every single day. So just remember, when you go on Twitter, when you're listening to Hannity, when you see celebrities uh, tweet things about the, uh, the the fire at Trump Tower or holding up heads of the, you know, that look like the severed head of the president. When you see these celebrities calling him an idiot or saying they'd like to punch him in the face. Or even a fellow politician, former vice president of the United States, when he says, if I were in high school, I would have kicked his ass. When referring to the current uh, commander in chief, when you see and hear these things happen, remember, remember that it is a an inalienable right that is guaranteed by the Constitution of the United States, the right to be stupid. And you can look for it. It's not there. You're only going to find it if you read uh, between the lines. 340 340-1045. Supposedly, President Trump is going to uh, speak here in just a minute. We'll be tracking that for you. Stay tuned. It's the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. Waiting, uh, anticipating, really, this press conference. Not really a press conference. It's a cabinet meeting. But it's like it's like if a press conference and a cabinet meeting had a baby, that's what we're going to expect here in just a minute. Uh, I'm not sure what it's going to do. It might not be pretty, but, uh, you know, it, it's necessary. That's what Donald Trump's holding today, and we're going to bring it to you live as it happens. It was scheduled for 1130. Ah, but, you know, Donald Trump, he's... He, you know, watches, they don't mean it. Time means nothing to him. He's got all the time in the world. Uh, and in, in the meantime, speaking of which, uh, let's talk a little bit about our own governor, Rick Scott, who soon could be our own senator. I'm announcing I am running for the U.S. Senate for the great state of Florida. Yeah. You go, boy. Uh, Florida is looking. We've got what it was. It Bill Nelson is uh, up for re-election this year, and uh, Governor Rick Scott has announced that he will be running against him. Now, this is good news for a lot of reasons. Number one, Rick Scott is a Republican. And number two, Bill Nelson isn't. Uh, number three, Rick Scott is very popular, and he's uh, best buds with Donald Trump. Uh, he's the one that kept all the oil rigs off of the Florida coast uh, with just a simple phone call. Now, uh, the thing about Rick Scott is that a lot of people think that, you know, while he has the know-how, while he has the drive and the determination, while he's the kind of guy that actually could actually get stuff done, you know, works really well in a crisis. I mean, how many crises has this guy had to uh, endure as as governor? How many times has he stepped in front of the cameras and made sure that what needed to get happened for Florida got ha- got happened? Happened. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. You know, you know what I'm trying to say here. He's a go-getter and he's a doer, and that's great. But the only issue that a lot of people see is him getting elected. Because when when it comes to getting elected, yes, he's done it twice before, but he doesn't have, you know, how shall we say that that beaming, bold personality that a lot of candidates these days require. However, you know, he said he's gotten it done twice before as the governor. Why not uh, as a senator, too? I never intended to fit into Tallahassee. And guess what? I'm not going to fit into Washington either. Yeah, he's not going to. He didn't fit in in Tallahassee. Uh, he's not going to fit in in Washington. You know, he maybe he fitted. He'd fit in a little bit more if he was wearing a Seminoles jersey. I don't know I just tend to, that tends to be the case. Uh, but another thing he said is that while you know he doesn't like the fact that there are no term limits, and this is a very popular issue. Ron DeSantis introduced this issue, uh, you know, with Ted Cruz two years ago, and it never really went anywhere. But if you're looking to see where his platform is going to lie, it's term limits. We have term limits in this state. We have in most states term limits for governor. We have term limits for president, which we should. Why don't we have it for Congress? 
a lot of people in support of term limits for Congress. That way you're sending people there who want to serve and don't just want to retire. Every single branch of the government has term limits again, except for Congress. You can just keep going back over and over again. So this is uh, this looks like it's one of the platform issues, one of the marquee issues that Scott is going to be running on. Three, here's here's my question. Three, four, oh. 1045 is the number. 904 340 1045 is the number. As we go for, as we wait for Donald Trump to start his press conference slash cabinet meeting, as we wait for this live event to happen, I want to know, as a Floridian, as somebody who's lived in Florida under Governor Scott for the last eight years, do you feel that he is an electable choice for Senate running against a Democrat, running against a Democrat in a Donald Trump era? Is Rick Scott the kind of guy that can get it done? Can he beat Bill Nelson? Can he get the votes he needs? And can he go to Washington? And would you vote for him? 340-1045. Now, I'm a little biased because I've met Governor Scott a couple times and I've never met Bill Nelson. And when I reached out to Bill Nelson for a favor, I never heard back. So, again, I'm going to, you know, I can I can easily be bribed. But when you talk to Rick Scott, when you see what he's all about, you understand clearly that he is definitely not a career politician. And those are the kind of people that everybody claims they want to send to Washington. And I think whoever's advising him is advising him well, because the first issue he came out on is term limits. He's like, I'm running for the first term of Senate on an issue that I want to limit my ability to stay there forever. It's an interesting way. You're saying hire me for a job that I don't want to be able to have more than 12 years, let's say. I don't think he wants it for more than 12 years because I think he may have higher political aspirations. I mean, the governor of the state of Florida is clearly somebody who can run for Senate, especially when you look at how well Florida has been managed. And he could clearly hold an even higher executive office if you can get elected. And that, for a lot of people, is where the problem lies. A lot of people have political aspirations. A lot of people have the know-how. But it seems that over and over again, the people that get the farthest in some of these elections are the people who speak really well and look really handsome and, you know, have the witty one-liners, you know, have that great social media presence. 340-1045. This is Joe in St. Augustine. Joe, what do you think about uh, Rick Scott running for Congress, for Senate, rather? Joe, you there? mentioned earlier a little while ago that uh, Mr. Nelson is the most inaccessible uh, a senator that I have ever come in contact with. Uh, I've called many times, never, ever got through to him. Yeah. And it, it, he's a phantom in my judgment. And Mr. Rock, Rick Scott, I think, does a wonderful, wonderful job. And uh, things, things, we need a man like Rick Scott in there. We need somebody different from Mr. Nelson. I can tell you that. All right. Hey, thanks so much for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, this is Robert from St. John's County. What do you think about Rick Scott running for Senate? Well, I'd vote for a rock before I voted for Nelson. Uh, <laughs> he's the swamp. Nelson's the swamp. And uh, I agree with Governor Scott. Soon, hopefully, to be Senator Scott running. Term limits need to happen. We won't have the problems in this country ever if we had term limits, it would mitigate the lobbyists. Um, and uh, Bill Nelson, I'm not even going to call him senator. I don't know what this guy, I don't know what he is, but he's a, he's a swamp personified. Just, just look at him. 
You know what's going to be interesting, and thanks so much for your call. You know what's going to be interesting is how Rick Scott for Senate, how is, I'm interested not so much in how it's going to shape Bill Nelson's career going forward, but how it's going to shape Marco Rubio's. Because when you think about Republicans in Senate, in the Senate, Rick Scott is more of a Republican than probably the majority of Republicans that are currently serving. And Marco Rubio is going to have it's going to be an he's going to be he's going to be pressured to make some difficult decisions I think going forward and really take some stands especially uh on issues that directly involve Florida like immigration which is a big one uh and gun control and a couple of these these other things that have been popping up recently Pete from St. Augustine what do you think I think that Rick Scott could be a great candidate I like his gun control stand he seems to break with the Republican party lately on that and he also, uh, I really like the term limit idea. Great idea. Get rid of these guys that have been there too long. You know, great idea. For a candidate to come forward, thanks for your call, and say before they even, you know, the, the moment that they say I'm running for office, for them to say term limits are a necessity, term limits are mandatory, that really shows to me that this is a candidate who's not looking for a retirement plan. This is a candidate who's not looking for a pension. This is a, ret- a candidate who's not looking for, you know, an easy way to support his family for the rest of his life. I mean, the guy's already a billionaire, so I, I'm, I'm sure he's not concerned about that. You know, all he wants to do is go and make sure that he's doing Doing right for the state of Florida. And I think that, I mean, I'm pretty sure that going forward, that's exactly what we're going to see, because that's all we saw from him over the last eight years. Stephen in Lake City, what do you think? Um, I would not vote for Mr. Scott. Um, any Republican that had their name on that gun control bill that just passed, uh, I would never vote for. You're not, so you're not going to vote for Rick Scott? Nope. I would sit that election out before I voted for him. That just shows me that, you know, he's willing to bend on his core principles. All right. Yeah, I'm not going to have it. I'm curious to know how he would have voted for the omnibus that just passed. And if anyone who has access to him is listening, you should ask that question. And if we get him on the air here at uh, News 104.5 WOKV, that's one of the that's one of the core questions I think we need to ask every single candidate going forward. Like Stephen just pointed out, you know, I don't like that he's bending. I don't like that he's changing his mind. I think that that omnibus spending bill, the one that that fully funded Obamacare and fully funded Planned Parenthood and the one that bolstered the military, sure, by seven hundred and fifty million dollars, but only gave one billion to the wall. That bill, that one that 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 both Marco Rubio voted for, that Senator Bill Nelson voted for, of course, that uh, Rutherford voted for as well. That bill is telling. And if you look at a candidate who's running for Senate or Congress, you need to ask them one question. How would you have voted on the omnibus bill? And whatever their answer is, I mean, if you believe them, is going to be telling. Emmett from St. Augustine, what do you think? Emmett? Uh, Absolutely not. Absolutely Uh, not what? The omnibus, pardon me, I've got the flu. The omnibus bill, no way, no how. Okay? I, I Senator Nelson has turned his back on the military. This, I'm from Jacksonville. Mm. Uh, this is a military town. Yeah. And Senator Nelson has turned his back on every single one of us. Governor Scott, in my opinion, has been a great governor. I mean, I'm sick of these politicians, you know, uh, spending money that we don't have. Yeah. I'm sick of it. 
I'll tell you what. I'll tell you where I really was impressed with Governor Scott is when he and and you know and I know a lot of people have problems with uh with the age limitations on guns and things like that. But one of the things Senator Scott said, and it was on a press conference. I was sitting right here because he preempted my show. Just that seems to be. Thank God the president's late because otherwise you'd be listening to him right now. But Governor Scott preempted my show when he made this big uh, speech in Tallahassee and he was introducing his gun control bill. And the one thing he said was, "We will put armed guards in every single Florida school. Everyone, high school, middle school, uh, you know, what's the other one? Elementary school, all those. We're going to put an armed guard. We're going to make sure that these kids are protected." And that there are that there are armed guards uh, in every single school. He said it's going to cost a lot of money. And he was very honest when he said it means tax breaks are going to be put on hold. It means other projects are going to be put on hold. He was very, very adamant at pointing out that we're going to spend a lot of money on this. But we're not going to overspend. We're going to take from somewhere else. We're going to redo the budget and not just borrow more, spend more, go into more debt. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to say, all right, this stuff's got to wait because we want to make sure that our schools are safe. 340-1045. we got to take one more quick break. I don't know if the president's going to come on here or not. If he does, no problem. If not, we got more of your phone calls coming up. This is the Mark K Show on News 1045 WOKV. We'll be right back. I'm announcing I am running for the U.S. Senate for the great state of Florida. Yay! As Rick Scott, uh, current governor, future senator, is what he's hoping for. Uh, 340 1045 340 What do you think about Rick Scott turning now that he's here's the thing. There's term limits, right? There are term limits. You can only be governor twice. And Rick Scott did it. And now he's like, I got to move on to something else. And in fact, term limits is something that he uh, that he mentioned in his campaign announcement. Scott says it's time politicians in Washington. Oops, that's not it. Uh, where is uh, I think it's right here. Yeah, try this one. I never intended to fit into Tallahassee. No, hold on, wait. I get third time's a charm. We can't keep sending career politicians and politicians to Washington and think we're going to get a different result. No, we got to send people like Rick Scott, who uh, are not career politicians and also who's really against term limits. I'll find that clip for you here in a minute. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, having lived in Florida and having seen what this guy can and can't do, is he the kind of person that we need uh, representing us in the Senate? Three four zero one zero four five. Donna in Palm Coast, how are you? Very good. How are you? Great, Donna. What do you think of Rick Scott, uh, potentially Senator Rick Scott? I love the choice. I'm so happy that he's coming into the race. I moved down from New York, and it is an absolute pleasure to see someone who knows how to run a state. Everywhere you drive up and down the 95 corridor, there's construction, Jacksonville, Daytona. That's, that's a direct result of Governor Scott. I totally agree with him on term limits. Chuck Schumer is the poster boy for term limits. And I want to see Bill Nelson defend his record of, of stressing the basic operations of this country by refusing to give the president the staff that he needs. Wow. And that's how I feel about it. He's Don- my man and he's in. Oh, Don, that's fantastic. Hey, thanks so much for that insight. We really appreciate it. Man, I'll tell you what, he only announced at 1030, but you've already given it quite a bit of thought and uh, some really good arguments there. Michael from Keystone, before we get out of here, uh, what's your take on soon-to-be Senator Rick Scott? Okay, good. That's a great. You know what? That's a we should go with on that one. Uh, we should wrap up. 
<laughs> because that's, that's 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 a great last words right there. Uh, silence is uh, is golden, as they seem as they say. Listen, uh, coming up here in just a minute, we'll bring you the latest on on uh, Donald Trump's uh, meeting with the, his uh, cabinet meeting and the comments that he's making regarding Syria and China and a couple of other situations that we're watching. Also, I'm, I'm still watching the Dow to see what happens after these remarks are made. I want to see if it just turns all automatically and starts shooting downward. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. with an all-new Mark K. Show. Till then, you can uh, catch us on uh, on our podcast. It's on iTunes, Google Play, and at WOKV.com. The news and Rush Limbaugh is next. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24.